Hello and welcome to the Speaking for Him podcast. My name is Andrew Gamison and I am privileged each and every Wednesday to be your host. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited today to give you another movie review. And so thank you again for all that you do for Speaking for Him. Please continue to pray for us. Please give your feedback to this episode. I really want to continue to make the Speaking for Him podcast something great that you can look forward to each and every week and know that there will be Bible-based, God-honoring content that will help you on this journey that we call the Christian life. And I really do believe that this movie that I have to review for you today, Blue Miracle, fits that bill. And I'm really excited to dig into it with you. But let's start out with our quote of the day. Our quote of the day comes from our main character, Omar, who says, God's always listening, but he doesn't always answer our prayers the way we think he should. And I really liked this quote because I think this is one of the most misunderstood things about prayer. We tend to believe that because we don't get the answer to prayer that we believe we should, that we haven't had an answer to prayer. And that's really not a good understanding of prayer. The thing is, we read in the scriptures that God is our father. And if you've ever been a father or had a father, then you know that fatherhood means giving your child what is best. And Jesus even says, if you as earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father give good gifts to those that ask him? The thing is, we ask things in our finite understanding, and God gives things in his infinite wisdom. So sometimes God, as a good father, actually says no to us, or wait. And so I really think that that is an important truth that we need to embrace and understand. We've talked about prayer several times on this podcast because it is a key component of the Christian life. And it's not a vending machine. It's not coming to God and getting exactly what you want when you want it. It's actually about trusting that as you pray your prayers that God will give you what you need when you need it. And there's a scripture that says that the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And it really shows us how the Holy Spirit takes our feeble prayers and delivers them up to God the Father in the best way possible to meet the needs that we have. The most important thing to know about prayer is that we have a God who is interested in hearing us and making our lives the best they can be for his glory. And sadly, our finite understanding often thinks that it should be exactly the way we want it to be in order for it to bring God glory. But actually, it is often through the most surprising ways that God works his will. And if you want to understand that better, 
go into ministry. I can't tell you the number of times when I wished a door would open, but then another door opens and it really shows that it is God's perfect will and timing. Uh, There have been times when I was writing a blog post and literally complaining in my heart about what God was doing, and then God answered a very big prayer request just in time. And I was extremely humbled because God knew what he was doing, and he had his plan, but I wasn't trusting it, and he still blessed me anyway. And so I think that we can all learn a thing or two about the proper use of prayer. Sometimes people, as I said, say, well, God didn't answer my prayer, but the reality is God answers every prayer. And I think we can be confident as believers to know that that is true, that God answers the prayers of his children. It's just that sometimes he doesn't answer them the way we expect him to. I'm very excited to jump into my review for this film, but before I do that, let's hear the trailer for Blue Miracle. I'm Omar, but boys call me Papa Omar. You could join us. Join you? Yeah, I casa God. I'm not no orphan. I just moved that floor. I can't expect three kids to learn manners overnight. You've got 20 years to learn, Omar. There's a storm that's going to reach the coast in a few hours. The good news, after we get done eating, we can line sandbag to protect from flooding. We're orphans, not idiots. Maybe God just wanted to get all the unluckiest kids in one building so he could crush us all at once. Hurricane Odile was the biggest storm we've seen in decades. How much food do we have left? About a week. My name is Captain Wade Malloy, and I am the only two-time champion of Bisbee's Black and Blue Tournament. Well, the biggest fishing tournament. Best teams in the world compete for millions in prizes. Sorry, but I'm afraid you don't qualify for this list. What if you team me up with a local fisherman? Doesn't have to be anybody even good. Doesn't even have to be a fisherman. With them? With kids? Here's the deal. You and three of your least annoying orphans will be on my boat for the competition. When I catch the winning fish, we'll split the earnings to Prindy. I know why my mom left me now. Oh, God, here we go. So I could help you win this tournament. Of course she did. Here we go! We've never had a chance, and we still have to try.
as you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, I'm always on the lookout for a good movie to share with you guys. And so as I was perusing Netflix, looking for some good choices, I came upon this one. And I think that Blue Miracle was a movie that when it came out, I wanted to review, but it took me a while to actually review it. So today I'm excited to dig into it with you. I want to say right off the top here that this movie surprised me. I decided to watch and review it for you because it looked like it would be a good, inspiring movie, but it was even more inspiring than I thought it would be. And so it really pleased me, and I hope that you will take the opportunity to watch it. Digging into this film, I would say it really gave me uh, Mighty Ducks vibes because none of these kids, according to the true story and the film, had ever fished, but now they're in this tournament with the opportunity to win money to help their orphanage. And this was an effort to revitalize and get people out to this fishing tournament after a hurricane had turned people away. And I think from what I can tell that a lot of the major components of this film are accurate to the true story. The biggest difference between the true story and the film is the character played by Dennis Quaid, who is Captain Wade. He was quite a surly character, and one of the storylines of the film is him learning what's important in life, because you learn at some point that he is separated from his son because his son is living in Dallas, Texas, and there's no good fishing for mackerels in Dallas, Texas, or marlins. And so he has made the decision to be apart from his son uh, to continue his fishing career. And this is contrasted in a awesome way, actually, by the orphans in the film who point out that their parents are separated from them, particularly their fathers, by drugs or jail or other far more serious things. And they challenge Wade's idea of being apart from his son so that his fishing career can thrive. I don't want to get too far into this film review, though, before I give credit to the wonderful cast. Um, I'm not going to list them all, but three of the leads are Dennis Quaid as Captain Wade, Jimmy Gonzalez as Omar, and Fernanda Urgella as Becca. I'm pretty sure I slaughtered that name, but all three of these leads did a very good job in their roles. You really believe that Jimmy and Fernanda love the kids that they're working with in the orphanage, and they just give a poignancy to the story that you wouldn't get otherwise. So some of the general thoughts that I have here is that his orphanage um, is in trouble. Uh, Omar, who is known as Papa Omar, uh, who is the father of the kids in the orphanage, or rather the father figure, he's underwater in debt because of all the expenses of running an orphanage. He doesn't have a way out of it, and then this opportunity comes up with the fishing tournament. 
Now, I'm not exactly sure how the opportunity came up in real life because in the way they wrote the story, the character Wade was not allowed to enter the tournament because he was no longer local to the area. But they were able to have him enter with them and thus be able to get into the tournament. And that was a little bit confusing because we find out at the end of the tournament that they were the first Mexican team to win the tournament despite the fact that it was in Mexico. So that might be one of the inconsistencies that the film has. And so we we see them entering the Bisbee Black and Blue Tournament. We see an overarching idea in this film of people needing redemption for various reasons. We see the orphans needing hope um, and wanting to do the best for their fellow orphans and find a way to stay in the orphanage. We see Omar struggling with the reality of his burden and not wanting to foist it on someone else, but also needing help from others. And we see Wade struggling with his demons and realizing that fishing has become his all-in-all in life to the point that he cheated in the tournament years back and he was tempted to cheat in this current tournament uh, because he wanted to help the boys, but he didn't think they would catch a fish on their own. And again, the Dennis Quaid character was developed for the film um, they actually did have a boat captain help them in the tournament, but it seems like he was a much nicer fellow in real life and that he had a much nicer boat than the boat that is featured in the film, which is ironically called the not enough spelled K N O T T. So that kind of sets it up. And I will say right here that this is one of the frustrating things for me when I watch a biopic is having this feeling like I have to go back and verify the facts of it. Like, I've always had this feeling that kind of says, if this story isn't a good story told the right way, then don't make it into a movie. I recently had a conversation with my brother where I talked about if my life ever becomes a biopic, which I I sincerely doubt that it will, But if it ever does, one of the things that I want to happen with the script is that every scene comes out of my real life. Obviously, you can't cover every part of my real life, but I want every scene that's in the film to come out of my real life. I don't think you need to make any major changes to make it cinema-worthy. If it's not cinema-worthy as the true story, then in my mind, it's not cinema-worthy. And that's something that often bugs me about biopics, because if it's a good story and worth being told, tell the story and don't embellish it for us. That being said, I do think that Dennis Quaid does a fine job here. And I have to say, I'm a big fan of Dennis's work, especially since he's kind of joined permanently the faith-based movie set. He's very good at the characters that he plays. And I really feel like he has a passion for what he's doing, which is exciting. I don't know 
his exact faith journey or if he's really turned his life over to Jesus. But it, it seems like he may have because he recently came out with a gospel album and he was talking about the importance in an interview related to this movie about getting out of God's way and letting him do things for us and how that's not a comfortable human position, but we need to do it anyway. So what are some positive things about this film? Well, prayer and faith are emphasized. Papa Omar talks to a little boy and says, if you feel discouraged and feel like God isn't answering your prayers, he says, write down your prayers on a piece of paper nail it to the wall, and watch God answer. Now again, later in the film he'll clarify that God's not always going to answer it the way we want it to be answered, and I think that causes some consternation for us. I'm reminded of that old story that's been told and retold many times. It's a little different every time, but the, the basics of the story is that this man is stranded on an island and he prays for God to help him to be recovered and he sends a boat and, and the guy says, no, God's going to help me uh, get off this Island. So the boat leaves and then he sends a helicopter and he tells the helicopter driver, no, God's going to help me get off this Island. And he essentially starves because he didn't take the helicopter or the boat off the island and take the help that was offered because it didn't come in the form that he wanted it to. Now that's been told in a variety of forms. I think even the more common form of that story is a guy sitting on the roof of his house in a flood and being offered the same conveyances of deliverance and saying no, and then drowning in the flood. But whatever way you tell the story, the essentials are the same. If we only look to God to answer a prayer the way we want it answered, we will never feel like we're getting our prayers answered. So it's important for us to have the right approach to the way God works. And I just think that that's one of the important things that comes through in this story. And then, of course, another positive element of the story is the way the orphans challenge Wade. They said, we would do anything to have our fathers back in our lives, but we don't have them for a variety of reasons. And so the fact that you are sacrificing time with your son for a fishing career, that's not a very good thing. When I think about negative things that are true about this story, one of the things I thought of is the fact that Omar has a scene in a bar with a friend of his, um, and his friend is giving him ideas to help the orphanage, but he's committed to doing things the right way, and that is a good thing. He kind of rejects uh, some of the overtures of his friend, which is good, but they also share an alcoholic beverage together. And I know that some Christians drink I don't want to get in a big debate about that here on the podcast, but that just bothered me a little bit that that was seen as a positive. But on the other hand, it is in Mexico, and so they probably don't have 
as good of water as we do. And so that is why alcohol is consumed more in that country and in those areas. So that is definitely something to consider when thinking about that. So if I am to think about this film and to bring out some of the lessons that I learned, um, I actually came up with three. I know I often try to give one big lesson, uh, but I think that there were three things that stuck out to me. The first one is that fathers need to be present. Omar and his wife don't have any kids of their own in the movie, but they are very parental to the orphans that they are taking care of. They're committed to each other. I think that's another lesson that did not make it into my notes, but I loved the commitment that they showed to one another. And in the closing credits, the real people are shown to still be working at the orphanage and still be trying to make a difference in children. And actually the win of the fishing tournament allowed them to expand to not just offering boys a home, but also offering girls a home. And Omar really challenges Wade that being present in his son's life is better than bringing home fishing trophies and getting his son excited about having a winning father when it comes to fishing. The next lesson that comes through is that miracles happen. I think this is another point that needs clarification because we need to be careful that we don't say, I can have everything I want because God is a God of miracles. But what this movie does convey is that God knew the need of the orphanage and he used this fishing tournament to to meet that need. And it was really exciting to see the boys getting excited about being a part of the fishing tournament. The fact that they didn't give up after the second day, but stayed in it the third day. And so it was just a really good story. Again, I felt like it had Mighty Ducks vibes because all the odds were stacked against them, but they triumphed in the end, and that was good. The third lesson that I would say came out loud and clear is that honesty and integrity matter. Uh, This was a situation in the film where Wade wanted to help the orphanage win, and so he went and bought a Marlin that was big enough to win one of the top cash prizes. He says, maybe not first place, but definitely second or third. And Omar initially doesn't stop him from bringing it on their third day voyage, but he eventually does the right thing and lets it go. Believing that if they are to win, it will be because they catch their own fish. And I like the fact that he told told his boys through this action that honesty and integrity matter. Uh, Because I'm pretty sure one of the boys figured out what was going on, that it appeared they were going to cheat, and then he realized in the end that they weren't, and so that had a big impact on him. So I think there's a lot of good lessons here uh, for families. I think overall it's a very... Well done film. Uh, There is very little offensive content. There's a little bit of language. Um, It would definitely be uh, PG 
if it was a theatrical movie, I think it's TV 14. Um, if I am accurate and correct. Um, but I think you'll find that it is a really good film. I think you'll enjoy it for your family movie night. And I would wholeheartedly encourage you to check it out with your family. I think it's really neat to have these stories come to life on our screens because there's nothing like hearing a true story of triumph. You know, you can write a fictional story of triumph, Mighty Ducks, which I have referred to a couple times, is an exciting movie and it is has a great ending and it's just really fun to get into, but it's not a true story. It's a fictional construct, and so it ends the way you would think it would end because it was written to be a triumphant ending. But this film has a triumphant ending because it actually did happen, and they were able to rebuild and expand the work of the orphanage, and the orphanage is still going strong today. I just looked at the website before I came on to do the podcast and so that's an exciting thing for me to realize that it's a real orphanage that's really making a difference in the lives of boys and girls. I think I will give this film four out of five. Uh, there were some little things that I didn't like as much. I think that the subject matter of it being fishing uh, wasn't as exciting for me as it would have been if it was another sport just because fishing is not something that overly interests me and some of the other things I mentioned um, like just the way they felt the need to fictionalize Wade and make him such a, a gruff and ornery character for the sake of cinema that turns me off because it was a true story, even though it was well acted by Dennis Quaid. But overall, I think it's a good film. And I think, you know, some people say don't use Netflix because they produce bad projects. And I definitely respect those who have made that decision. But I think you have the unique opportunity to watch the films that are family-friendly, that are decent, and show Netflix that, hey, these films that you make that are family-friendly, they still get listens. You know, it's always been interesting to me that PG is one of the highest attended ratings in cinema because you can take your whole family, and yet there's still a lot of PG-13 and R-rated movies made. We talked about on Culture Watch last week the Barbie movie and how it's a PG-13 adult movie that was marketed to kids and how bad that is. And I just like the fact that there are some good movies that you can actually have your family sit down and watch and then have quality discussions about the story that, took place very well done very well acted the kids were fun um 
I think that the kid that played the voice of Coco uh, is in this film, and so that's kind of exciting, and I just thought it was well acted from top to bottom. The cinematography is awesome because a lot of it takes place on in the water, so that is something that's exciting. So overall, four out of five stars for Blue Miracle, and I really hope that if you watch it uh, this weekend with your family that it will fill you with hope and encouragement that God does indeed answer prayers and do miracles. We still today serve the God that led the children of Israel out of Egypt. We still today serve the God that raised Lazarus from the tomb. And we still today serve the God that raised himself from the dead on the third day. And that's an exciting reality for us to embrace. Well, that's about all I have time for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback, please leave it with the contact information that's about to roll at the end of the show. Please know that I care about you, that I'm excited for anyone who listens to this show, that I'm here if you have any questions or would would like me to pray for you. Just reach out and know that I will answer you when I am able. With that being said, I will simply say, have a great week and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.